Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, Zophar the Namathite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. And this is the word of the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you all, but this past week seemed to be a very rough week for many people that I talked to. Everywhere I turned, it seemed like there was more bad news, whether it was a new cancer diagnosis, a young toddler passing from COVID, a building collapsing in Miami, people struggling with mental illness and addiction. It was just a rough week. Even talking with people and talking about the struggle that it is to create this new normal after the pandemic, because it's been a rough year and a half. And we're in this current worship series of I've been meaning to ask, because it gives us questions to ask one another, to help to get to know one another for the first time or again. And I found myself asking this week's question a lot. What do you need? Today, Bridget read for us the story of Job, the very beginning of it. And Job is this blameless, righteous man who honors God. And his life has been what many would call, quote unquote, blessed. Successful, wealthy, He's surrounded by this large family, and he has great health. But then tragedy hits him, and it hits hard. Job loses his livelihood to the extent that his present and his future well-being are very much in question. And then his children die this sudden and unexpected death. And to top it all off, Job suffers this physical pain and discomfort, a pain that must have seeped deep into his bones. And so his friends hear about all of this trauma and struggle that he's experienced, and so they head off to see him. And that's where this morning's scripture picks up. Today's passage introduces Job's three friends. They see Job from a distance And they can hardly recognize him because of what has happened to his physical appearance because of his suffering and his pain. And they're so taken aback, his friends are so taken aback by his appearance that their immediate response is to weep with him and to tear their robes and to rub ashes on themselves. And all of these ways are, all of these things are ways that they acknowledge his pain, and his suffering, and they stand in solidarity with him. That yes, his life is full of struggle and traumatic experiences, 
And it's okay and it's appropriate to be upset in those moments. And as the book of Job continues, we see that his friends, they try to counsel him. And it doesn't go well at all. They attempt to find all of these intellectual reasons as to why Job is suffering. And they just really end up putting their feet in their mouths. And that's what we often do when we see someone suffering, especially somebody that we love. We try to come up with the right words to console them, or we try to find this grand reason or meaning behind their suffering, or we just try to fix it. But in reality, most often it doesn't do any good. Rather, we end up doing more harm in the process. Like Job's friends, we mean well, but our intentions and the result don't match. Really, Job's friends actually do their best counseling when they, after they tear off their clothes and they weep and they sit with him. They sit with him for seven days and they don't say anything. That is when they do their best work. Their response to all of this is just simply a ministry of presence of true solidarity with Job in that difficult moment, of seeing his excruciating pain and joining him in it. This question for this week of what do you need, it recognizes that we all have needs and that we need each other. We can't do it, this thing called life, alone. It reminds us that we each have unique needs. It's something that when we approach a situation and we might respond one way or need one thing, that doesn't mean that somebody else needs the same thing. We can't presume to know what is best for someone else. When Job's friends open their mouths and they try to console him, it doesn't go well. They assume they know what he needs, but when they are sitting with them, with him, And they're just being in that moment, not assuming anything, but just being. That is the most important and the biggest gift they can give him. Brene Brown, author and researcher, puts it well when she says, rarely can a response make something better. What can make something better is connection. Job's friends sit with him for days. And they, in that moment, witness with their very presence all of the weight of his suffering. They don't blow it off or brush it away. They just sit there in the uncomfortable moment. Often we are able to to demonstrate this outrage and, and anger, surprise, or grief when somebody shares something awful or difficult with us. But it's more difficult for us when we sit in that moment when somebody is hurting and it's hard friend job's friends do that well that difficult thing well so how do we show up for one another in ways that are both showing that we see the pain of what somebody is experiencing but also showing that we're not afraid 
to be in that pain with them. And I think the best analogy that I've heard of is when a person is at a bottom, imagining a person at the bottom of a hole. When someone is in a deep hole and they shout from the bottom, I'm stuck down here. It's dark. I'm overwhelmed. And we look down in the hole and we say, hey, and it's tempting to throw down a ladder and to try to pull them up or throw down a rope and try to pull them up and say, hey, you can get out of there. It's real easy. But instead of doing that, we climb down the ladder into the hole with them. And we say, I know what it's like down here. It is dark. You're not alone. Our job is not to offer someone a rescue line and attempt to pull them out of whatever they're experiencing because we're not God. But we, in that moment, can be a holy and a sacred presence by climbing down into the hole and being with them and bearing witness to their pain and their suffering. It's seeing someone who is depressed and unable to get out of bed, just laying there, hopeless. And instead of trying to get them to get out and talk about the beautiful sun outside and the flowers and everything's fine, you just need to get over it, it's climbing into bed with them and laying there and just looking at them and saying, I love you and God loves you and just being in that moment. Or it's, it's when you hear your friends tell you that something awful that has happened to them. And it's going over to their house and sitting on their porch because you beat them home. And just waiting until they get home. And just being there. Or sitting on the couch next to them, not saying anything. You can watch a TV show if you want, I guess. Or listen to some music. Or just not. When we ask someone the question, what do you need? One of the most challenging things is to be prepared that maybe what they need most of all is nothing other than our presence. Our presence, whether it's physical, whether we're, we climb in bed with somebody who's depressed or we're sitting there on the porch with someone, or it's a text or a phone call saying, I'm with you. I'm not physically present with you, but I'm with you in every other way. You are not alone in this. That presence is a sacred act. It's what God did when God came to earth as Jesus. It's what we do when we baptize someone into our family of faith. And as a congregation, we say to the parents, we say, parenting is hard. <laughs> And it's going to be difficult, and it's going, you're going to wonder if you're doing it right, or if your children are crazy, or if there's something wrong, and you're, you can be, we are with you in that. We are with you. And it's saying to that little child or that person being baptized, we're going to be there with you when life gets hard, and we're going to help you figure out this thing called faith. You don't have to do it on your own. We're going to be there through the hard and the joy, the, the times of celebration and the times of just sorrow, because that's what it is to be the family 
of faith. Whether we're here physically with one another or whether we are online and we know one another in different ways, connection, true connection through presence is really what it means to be the family of faith. So I have meaning to ask you all, what do you need in this moment? Maybe what you need is some prayer. And so we will go into a prayer, a time of prayer. And so if you haven't given a prayer card yet and you would like to give a prayer card, then please do so. Or if you are online and you would like to share online what you are praying for, please do that as well. And we can have this time of presence with one another through prayer. So let us prepare our hearts with this next song. against me 
few prayer requests. Um, prayers for Bob Snyderwine and his family in the recent death of his mother, and also prayers for Kathy as she is home and recovering after surgery, and also um, for the families who died in the Florida condo tragedy. Um, actually, we just got Kristen Kubek um, it says prayers for her roommate Sophia's family. Her family, friends passed away in the building collapse in Miami, and they're all grieving. So it's one of those things where you hear it, and it's a tragedy, and it's just unbelievable when you hear something like that happen. And then when you know someone there, it even it's even heavier. Does that is is does that make sense? And then also um, prayers for travel um, for Matt and George as they travel um, to the coast to visit family. And also um, Barb asked for prayers for family traveling and the families and the tragedy in Florida. And Linda asked for prayers for Miriam, who is 90 and recovering from a broken leg after a fall. And Hillary asked for prayers for her grandparents who are in process of transitioning out of their longtime home uh, due to their declining health, a very difficult and sad time for them. It is, um, it is, it's comforting to know that God is with us in all of these things. Aaron asked for prayer for John and his kid for his um, for his leukemia, which has come back as of Monday strength um, through the chemo and looking at options and also for Mandy his wife and for their four kids who are under eight I do want to give um, a praise for for Tracy and for Sean who um, have joined the band and are with us um, this week. Tracy has, is brushing off some some old um, drumming and percussion skills and is is willing to be with us um, every once in a while, right, Tracy? She's not fully committing, and, and we're we're honoring that. And then also, um, I do want to celebrate that Aaron Gee, um, who is Bridget's sister and um, Jenny's daughter, she is in the office now. She's working, um, she's our interim office manager for the summer as she's here um, home from college for the summer. And so we're excited to have her. Um, so you're invited to call or, or stop in and say hi. And she is fantastic at helping you get to where you need to go. And that is all that is coming in on, on Facebook. And so I still encourage you, if you haven't done so, we would love to pray with you and for you, for whatever is going on in your life. So let us go to our Lord in prayer. 
God of the here and now. My, oh my, how we need you. This world seems to turn upside down all the time, and our center of gravity feels off. In moments like these, we are particularly grateful for the care that you offer and for the stability of friends. So today we say a prayer of thanks for the people in our life who take the time to ask us, what do you need? God, we thank you for the grocery store clerk who helps us load our cars, for lifeguards who bandage scraped toes, for the friend in the pew who texts us when we're not there, or someone who misses us when they don't see us around for a while. God, we are thankful for parents and children who celebrate the good in life and for teachers who pay attention. Gracious God, help us be those people for others. Give us the eyes to see when our neighbors are in need and the wisdom to ask, what do you need? And the wisdom to stop our assumptions cold in their tracks and to instead carve out space to listen. God, we are practicing. We're practicing breathing deeply and being still. We are practicing opening ourselves to you and listening slowly and intentionally. God, we're practicing sitting with our own pain and honoring it. And we're practicing saying what we need and not being afraid to ask for help. And in all of this, Lord, we need you. Oh, how we need you. So gather us in and hold us close. Be with us in our waiting and in our praying, in our grief and our sorrow. Be in our relationships, that we might be blessed with friends who support us and that we might be the friends who can bless others. God, with deep gratitude and with true humility, knowing that we are not God, but you are God, we pray the words together that your son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we go from this place, I invite you to ask one another, what is something that has brought you joy this past week? What is something that has brought you joy this past week? As we go from this place, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.
Dismissed.